Hi there. My name is Matt, and I'm one of the pastors at Heights Baptist Church in Alvin. We are so glad that you found our content online. We would love it if you would connect with us at heightschurch.org connect. And we'd love to see you in person. We worship every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Thanks for joining us. Man, well, good morning to you. My name is Lee, and I'm a, one of the pastors here at Heights, and it's good to uh, have you this morning. If you're a guest with us, uh, welcome. It's, uh, we're, we're glad you're here. We do not rhythmically clap every week, but I am super impressed we rhythmically clap this week. And so, way to go, church. I was standing there at the end of that song going, I don't know if I've been any prouder than you in seven years than for us to carry that beat throughout the song the way we did. So walk a little taller today, you know, smile a little more. Someone asked you, how did it go today at church? You said, we rhythmically clapped. All right. So, um, but <laughs> if you've got a Bible, let's go to Malachi chapter three uh, is where we're going to be. I'm going to open us in a word of prayer. And uh, we, we're just so glad you're here. And, and we have been moving through the book of Malachi uh, just line by line. We've got this week uh, and next week to go. And then we are going to uh, uh, start our Easter series. As we go to Lord in prayer in a moment, I want to also say congratulations. And we're going to pray for several uh, families within our church that have just had new little ones. Uh, so Benny and Brandy Garza, uh, Abram and Andrew Brooks. Taylor and Corey Miles, and Brittany and Danny McSwain all have had uh, new little ones they have welcomed into this world over the last couple of weeks, so it's exciting uh, for those families as well. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you so much for who you are. You are indeed a generous God, and you're a God that loves us and does desire to pour out blessings upon us. And, and so, Lord, I thank you. Uh, for who you are. We thank you for these new uh, little ones that have been born to some sweet families within our church. Uh, Lord, we thank you that uh, they are doing well, and we just are so excited for those families, some of them having their first child or second child or, or uh, third or fourth child. Lord, we just thank you uh, that new life is being born into these families, and we pray blessings for them. Lord, thank you for Alan's testimony today of your faithfulness that many of us uh, can offer up as well. And Lord, I, I thank you this morning that we get to gather together in times and in, in groups at nine o'clock with our life groups and here in our worship service uh, where we can think about you, we can talk about you, we can learn about you, and Father, extend that out to others uh, as a way of blessing. And so, Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Uh, Lord, we pray this morning, uh, open our eyes and our ears to understand uh, what the Holy Spirit would have for us through the proclamation of your word. And Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the Bible, uh, that it guides us and leads us into the life that you would have for us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, one day right before church, a mother handed her little daughter $2 bills. And she said, this dollar is for the church. And this dollar is for after church where you can go get some candy. And so this little girl was excited to have $2 in her hand and she's on her way down to church and she's skipping along the sidewalk and she trips on the sidewalk and she falls and she drops both dollars. Well, the wind begins to blow and she reaches out quickly for both dollars, but she's only able to scoop up $1 in her hand as the other one she sees fly away to her horror. 
She has that one dollar now clutched in her right hand. She looks down at it and she says, God, I'm really sorry that your dollar blew away this morning. (laughs) But isn't it interesting though, when the storms and the winds of life come, that it's often God's dollar that blows away first. See, as we've been moving through the book of Malachi, the prophet Malachi is bringing a message to the people of Israel that you have stopped putting God first. That's the whole book of Malachi. You've stopped putting me first, God says. And so at the beginning of this year, we said, hey, let's challenge ourselves to put God first again. And so what was happening was their devotion level to God was changing. God says, hey, you're, you're not devoted to me first in your life. You're not devoted in your worship. You're not devoted first in your marriages of having me first in your marriage. And now Malachi is coming to the topic of giving where God says you're not devoted to me first in your giving. And isn't that the sin struggle that we all have? Or or am I the only one that battles that sin of devotion to God at times? I mean, isn't our devotion to God sometimes wavering? And sometimes it's life circumstances that try to push us away from the Lord. It's something that happens that causes us to be a little less devoted to God. And the good news of this is God is always calling us back. That's the type of God you have. You have a God that restores you and wants to restore you. And when your devotion fails to God, God reminds us, my devotion to you has never failed. And so maybe this morning that's where you feel like you are. Your devotion to God is all over the place. It's up, down, it's all, it's everywhere. But God this morning says, listen, even though your devotion to me changes at times, my devotion to you never wavers. And so God's saying, I want you back. I want you to put me first. And he is going to address the area and the topic of giving And so at the end of this message, I'm going to challenge you with this, and and you can maybe go on and write this phrase down in your notes app in your phone, or if you've got a pen and paper handy. At the end of this message, I'm going to challenge you to finish this statement at the end of our service. Right now, God is calling me to blank. You're going to fill that blank in with something. Right now, God is calling me to whatever that blank is, you're going to write in. By the end of this message, here's what God's calling me to do. So when we come to the topic of giving, as Malachi brings us to in Malachi chapter 3, let's look at some questions I think that will help us kind of unpack the text that's before us. And the first question that when we come to the topic of giving is this, why should I give? All right, why should I give? And so let's pick up in the text in verse 6, and I want you to notice this, this exchange that the people are having with God. Verse 6, God says, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, uh, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Now we're going to put verse 6 within the context of verses 1 through 5. Last week we talked about how God is sending the Messiah, and this Messiah is going to be a refiner for his people. For those of us that belong to Jesus, Jesus is constantly refining us into his image. But notice in verse 5, Christ is coming again, all right, so the second coming of Christ, and then there's going to be people that Christ will judge. 
uh, because they don't belong to him. Their sin is not forgiven. And so we see in verses 1 through 5 that, that Christ is this refining fire, and then he's also this consuming fire. So then verse 6, God's saying, listen, I don't change. Even though your devotion to me does at times, and that's a sin because you're not putting me first, I'm constantly putting you first. I love you, God says. And my devotion for you doesn't change. I'm not going to consume you, verse 6. So that's a promise to the people of Israel that God has made this covenant with you. You are not consumed. But notice verse 7. From the days of your fathers, you've turned aside from my statutes. You've not kept them. And I want you to see this in verse 7. I love this part where God is saying, return to me and I'll return to you. Right? So there's an invitation this morning. So this morning, if you feel far from God, God's constantly saying, come back. I mean, if, if you say, like, I don't feel good enough to be saved. If God only knew what I did, there's no way he would forgive me. God is constantly saying, come back to me, return to me. This is what makes the God of the Bible so unique compared to any other God of any other religion. It's the God of the Bible full of grace that's constantly calling his creation back to him. Every other God is going to say, you do something. You work your way back. You earn your way back. God of the Bible is saying, just come back. Just come back to me. What a great, relational, awesome God we have in the God of the Bible. Amen? And so it's here that God's saying, come back to me. Return to me. Put me first again. But I want you to notice what they say in response. But you say, how shall we return? Return to me. And, and I'll return to you, says God. But you say, how shall we return? The, the way they're saying this, and some translations will have it this way. God, how do we need to come back to you when we never left you? They're like, wait a minute, what are you talking about coming back? We've never left you. Lord, we're, we're putting you first. Isn't it scary that sometimes we can deceive ourselves, that we're really on the right track with God? I mean, what do you mean? What do you, they're like, hey, God, what are you talking about? What are you talking about returning? We never left. God's like, have you not been listening this whole time, right? Yeah. I've been showing you over and over and over and over how you have left me, how you stopped putting me first. So they're like, well, wait a minute, how have we done that? We never left you. And God goes, okay, all right, one more lesson here, guys. Let me put my finger on something that really is going to touch home. And he says, you're robbing me. You're, you're robbing me. Well, how are we robbing you, verse 8 says. You've robbed me in your tithes and contributions or your tithes and your offering. So when it comes to giving, when it comes to tithing, uh, we need to step back and say, listen, God, when we talk about tithing, this is an act of devotion to the Lord. This is an act of worship to God. So when you tithe, it is an act of praise to him. It is an act of worship to him. It's an act of devotion to him. It's saying, God, here, I'm giving back to you what you have given me. Lord, I am showing you what I feel like you're worth. God, I'm showing you your worth. Lord, I'm showing you my love for you. I am giving to you. Right? I'm giving you in tithes and contributions. Now, for some of you, 
you're going to push back immediately on me because you're going to say, well, wait a minute. I don't want to give because I've seen plenty of corruption in churches. I don't want to give because I've seen plenty of corruption among pastors. And let me just say this. If you are new with us this morning, if you're, if you're new with us, if you're a guest or you're just coming into the life of Heights, we unashamedly talk about generosity here because we believe tithing and generosity is an act of worship and it what pushes the kingdom of God forward. Right? And, but I want you to understand this. As I move through this message, there is zero manipulation coming out of my heart. Right? There, there's zero way to manipulate you into doing this. Here's what I want you to understand. Yes, there has been a lot of corruption in churches historically when it comes to finances. Yes, there have been a lot of pastors who have failed, who are after the bottom line, who are wanting the big jet, okay? There's no jet in my, in my driveway, all right? There's no jet. I've not even been eBaying it lately, okay? Okay? And so there has been. And if you're not a believer in Jesus this morning here, we welcome you here. If you're not a believer in Christ, we are glad that you're here. If you're new with us, we are glad that you're here. But I want you to hear me on this. I am sorry that there have been pastors that have failed. I am sorry that there has been corruption in churches. But let me just say this. Do not allow one person's disobedience to be your excuse of disobedience. Don't allow that. Don't allow someone else's disobedience to be the excuse of why you disobey God in this, right? Because all of us are going to stand before the Lord one day, and some of us are going to stand before the Lord, and you have never cheated on your taxes. You've paid them on time. You came by your money ethically. You came by your money rightly. And God is going to look at you and say, you robbed me. And you're going to say, how did I rob you? I did it all right. I followed all the rules. And God said, in this area of devotion. So when we think about why we should give, it should always be motivated out of that worship and devotion and generous mindset because we understand that we worship a generous God who is devoted to us. Now, second question is this, and this is the part that gets fun. If you didn't think it was already fun already, here we go. How much should I give, right? That's the question I always get. Well, all right, I understand the principle of giving. I'm supposed to give out of worship and devotion, but how much is enough, right? How much should I give? Verse 10, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then God says, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. All right, now, two things. First, when you think about how much should I give, and it's a fair question and a good question, I don't want you to think of tithing like the God tax, okay? Like, all right, so how much is the God tax I have to pay today to keep them happy? No, that's not what the principle's teaching. What Malachi's saying is he's saying, okay, guys, you've been skimming off the top of your tithe. Stop that and bring the full tithe in, right? The word tithe is going to mean tenth, right? So 10%. The law, God's law, required 10% in a tithe, right? A tithe is a regular giving, right? So it's a pattern of regular giving. So I'm going to encourage you to tithe. If you've never tithed, I'm going to encourage you to start doing that, all right? So maybe that's going to look like weekly. It could be biweekly. It could be monthly. It could be quarterly. Whatever between you and the Lord determine, 
your, your tithe as far as the, the amount and the frequency of that's between you and God. I practice bi-weekly. I give twice a month. That's the tithe. Now, notice some translations say bring your tithe and your offerings or tithe and contributions into the storehouse. The offering is something different than a tithe. Right? A tithe is your regular giving, 10% according to the law. Offering was above and beyond the tithe. So then there were things they were required to give to, certain festivals, uh, certain, you know, um, celebrations. And so once you added up under Jewish law, offerings and tithe, it equaled up to about 23% of the income. So there's going to be some, when it comes to the question of how much should I give, they're like, okay, let's go to the Old Testament tithe, all right? And let's, hey, 10%, you got to be a 10 percenter. But then when we jump to the New Testament and this side of the cross, when Paul in the New Testament talks about giving, he doesn't assign a percentage to it like the law does in the Old Testament. So every time you see giving talked about in the context of the church in the New Testament, it's all by grace, right? It's a generous heart giving, giving, right? So the question is, well, what do we do? Do we do 10% or we do by grace or a little bit of mixture, let me just say this. Grace always demands more than the law. <laughs> okay, when you come to the New Testament, grace always demands more than the law. Think about it this way. Matthew 5, 21 through 22. You've heard it said that those of old, you shall not murder. Right? That's the law. Don't kill people. Right? That's the Old Testament law. Don't murder physically. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But Jesus says this, but I say whoever's angry with his brother and his heart is liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. Whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So notice Christ is, he's elevating grace over the law. There's things we commit sin within our heart, even though we don't physically do it. Matthew 5, 27 and 28, another one. You've heard it was said, you shall not commit adultery. Okay, there's the law. The physical act of adultery is wrong. But Christ says, but I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with the lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in her heart. So when it comes to the issue of how much should I tithe, because remember your tithe is that weekly, bi-weekly, regular giving, our offering or our special things we do. So like in our church, offerings would be Lottie Moon Christmas offering where we give to international missions. Uh, we're about to do it around Easter time, our North American mission board where we give to North American missionaries that are out helping start church plants. You give to a building fund. Maybe you give to a benevolence need. Uh, you give to church planners. That's an offering. That's above the tithe. So you go, all right, well, hang on. I'm confused. How much should I give? How much should my tithe be? Let me encourage you to think about it this way. Make 10% your, your, your floor, not the ceiling. Right? Make 10% your floor, not the ceiling. Think about it this way. Make 10% the training wheels you put on the bike. Right? Training wheels help you learn how to ride a bike. And for some of you, maybe you're not in the practice of regular tithing. You're like, all right, hey, this is, how do I do this? Just start regularly. Think about 10% being those training wheels. It's the starting point. Doesn't have to be the ceiling, but it's the floor. And for some of you, God has blessed you with more. And so 10%, you can go up higher. But let 10% in that tithe be where you start, not where you end. But let's ask this. What happens when you give? 
All right, so we, we, we're getting this understanding that giving is that act of worship, starting to think through, all right, God, what are you calling me to give in my regular tithe? But what happens when I give? I want you to notice again in verse 10, he says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. All right, so in the temple, there's literally rooms that they called the storehouse, and that's where grain and food and other materials would be stored up in the temple. And from there, ministry would go out and happen. Uh, so they had the ability to minister to widows and orphans and people passing through town from other countries that maybe needed places to stay, benevolence needs within their own community and within the people who came to the temple. So they had the ability now to go out to minister to others. All right, so we don't see a temple today, but best New Testament context we can give is your local church. All right, so if you call Heights Baptist Church your home church, I'm going to encourage you to bring your tithe here. This is where it should come because from here we do ministries. And it's okay to give to other Christian organizations, but you need to give here first, I believe, if you're a member of our church. If this is your home church, bring it here. Then any other offerings that God leads you to above and beyond that, that's great. That's fine. Go do those things. But think about this, when you give and you tithe, that money is going to help ministries literally around our world. And this is one of the things I love about being a part of the denomination we're in. It's called the cooperative program. And just so for easy math this morning, uh, let me just help you understand this a little bit. When you give $1, if you gave $1 this morning, as a church, we give 10% of our undesignated offerings to our national convention to the cooperative program. So that means this, if you gave a dollar this morning, a dime is going to walk out of this building automatically without question. What's going to happen then is it goes to the national convention. Some of that money is going to go to the International Mission Board. Some of that money is going to go to the North American Mission Board, help plant churches, help revitalize churches, help with disaster relief. Some of that money is going to go to our six different seminaries. We have six seminaries within the Southern Baptist Convention. And so what that means is this. If there is a person within one of our churches who is a member that goes on to college at one of the seminaries, master's degree, doctoral degree, Degrees in one of our seminaries, they get a discount because you, as Southern Baptists, you are giving and you are tithing, right? And so they now can go get a theological education because of your giving. And so you literally are helping to train the next generation of pastors and missionaries and children directors and youth pastors and worship leaders just by giving right here. And as one who has a spouse who is in the PhD program right now at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, thank you for your giving because we get a discount. Woohoo! Right? And let me just say this, as one who went through those seminaries, married with two kids, working three jobs, trying to figure out how to pay for seminary some semesters, thank you, because you made it possible for me to get the education that I had through your giving, right? And so when you think about giving, literally that dollar you get, a dime's going out all around our world. But just think about us locally. Think about what we can do at Heights Baptist Church as you tithe, as you give regularly. We're able now on the cusp of beginning some Hispanic ministries within our church. 
We're about this, at the end of this year to send out Carrie Perrin uh, to the south side of Alvin to start a new church. That's all possible because of your tithing. We're able to minister to seniors, people with disabilities, students, kids, and adults. We're able to do all that we're able to do ministry-wise as a church because of your tithe. And oh yeah, by the way, we're able because of your tithe to keep the lights on and the AC blowing in the summer and the heat in the winter. Amen? So you just stop and think, man, when you give, this should be something exciting to us as believers in Jesus Christ because it's like when I give, I'm helping the gospel go. I'm helping the kingdom grow locally, nationally, internationally just by being obedient to the Lord. But I want you to notice the second part of this. When you give, there's also personal blessings. Look at verse 10. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Thereby put me to the test, says the Lord. And if not, I will open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need for you. That phrase, I will open up the windows of heaven, is the same phrase used in Genesis chapter 7 verse 6 to speak of the time where God opened up the windows of heaven and the rains of the flood came in Noah's ark. God's like, when you tithe, when you obey me, I bless you. You heard some testimony of Alan this morning. Alan's like, look, I've just been practically just trying to obey the Lord. And here's opportunities where I've seen God bless over the years. And I've got stories like that as well. I mean, so many of us would have those stories where it looked like, hey, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but you did this. It's because God's blessing is people that obey them. And I just want to ask, I'm not going to ask you to share these stories out loud, but if you have any story similar to like kind of Alan of just where you go, man, I don't know how God did that, but God blessed me and he came through for me. Uh, do you mind just slipping your hand up real quick? Yeah, look at that, right? And that's a lot of us this morning that would have those stories. And so I want you to understand this. This is not like I give God 10 and I get 20 back, Okay. Be careful on that. It's not that. It's not like, all right, I'm going to give him 10 and I'm going to get 20 back. Sometimes those blessings that God gives you are those moments, like Alan said, where, boy, just somebody stood up and took care of a bill I didn't know how I was going to get taken care of. Some of that's that. Some of it is the blessing of being blessed with more faith because you were obedient in the moment. But also understand this, as believers in Jesus Christ, our greatest blessing is not here, but as we're sowing up our treasures in heaven and storing up those treasures in heaven, as Jesus talks about in the New Testament, then our greatest blessing is heaven. And so God is saying, look, I'm out to bless you as my people. And sometimes that's temporary things here, but we know as believers in Jesus Christ, that's an eternal blessing that we have in heaven. And so when you think about giving, you're helping the ministry of the gospel go. But you're also saying, hey, I want to be blessed, right? I want want God to bless me, so I'm going to obey God. And I think all of us this morning, if I ask you to raise your hand, if you want to be blessed, you'd be like, yeah, right? None of us wake up and be like, dear Lord, can you curse me today? (laughs) Lord, I'm feeling like I need a little judgment, right? No, we don't do that. Like, Lord, I need to be blessed. Lord, I want to be blessed. Lord, I want you to answer this prayer question. And God's saying, hey, there's a level of obedience here, right? And so he's saying, I'm going to bless you if you obey me. Some of you are thinking there's no way I can do this. 
You're thinking, there's no way. And here's why you're thinking that, because I've been there. I've been there. I've been there plenty of times over my life. I remember when we were first married, uh, we were both Christian school teachers at a Christian school teaching full-time. We were both in seminary. And between the two of us, between Sandra and I, we made a whopping $28,000 a year as two full-time Christian school teachers. We just bought a house. And I mean, we're rolling in it, right? 28 grand. Yeah. I mean, you might think, well, inflation wasn't that bad back then. No, no, 28 or 20 years ago, 28 grand still ain't a whole lot, right? But here's the thing we said from the first time that we, you know, just had this conversation as a new married couple. We said, we're not cutting our tithe. We will always give to the Lord first. And there were plenty of weeks that we went to the grocery store after we had David and she's pregnant with James and we're, now I'm working three jobs because she's at home and we're, you know, both in school and I'm looking at the checkbook balance and I'm like, we got 85 bucks this week. We got to figure out how to eat and tithe. I know what I'm not doing. I'm not cutting that tithe, right? And, and I'm just going to keep going and we're going to keep staying as faithful as we can to the Lord. And I can just tell you story after story over time, God just blessing and God working and we never missed a meal We always followed through. God always followed through. And so I know this morning, some of you are like, there's no way I can do this. And I want you to look back at verse 10. God literally says, test me. (laughs) I mean, I love that. He says, put me to the test. In the Bible, it says, don't tempt God. But here God says, test me. It's like, try me. Just do what I'm telling you to do, right? Try me, just give it a shot. And so this morning for some of you, whether it's a teenager, right? So for teenagers in the room, you're drawing uh, allowances, you're, you're starting to work that first job, learn this principle of giving. For some of you that maybe aren't tithing at all, test God in this, right? Because that's who Malachi's talking to. Malachi right here is talking to people who aren't giving at all. And he's saying, look, I want you back where God wants you to be. So test God in this. So finally this morning, what does God want you to do? First and foremost, I'm going to say this, start tithing. If you are not a regular giver, I want to encourage you this morning to learn this practice. I want to encourage our teenagers in the room, kids in the room, start learning this practice of faithfully giving to the Lord and practicing that spiritual discipline in your life of giving. All right, there's three ways that you can give in our church. You can give here in person. You can give online. You can mail it in. I actually thought about a fourth way this morning. Some of you actually bring it here uh, on, uh, during the week sometimes and drop it off. And so there, there are ways, many ways that you can give. And so I encourage you, whether it's in person, whether it's online, whether to mail it in. If you do it online, you can even set up recurring giving. And so say, hey, I want to give once a month. And, and there you can set all that up. Here's the second thing I want you to challenge yourself with. For some of you, you have been faithful tithers for for many, many years. I want to challenge you with this. And this is something Sandra and I started doing many years ago. And we've seen just a lot of blessings out of it. Is we've learned to create some margin within our budget to be generous. And so when you think about budgeting, first line ought to be tithe. Right? It's first line in your budget, tithe. Not cutting that out no matter the month. This is it. Lord, this is your tithe. Boom. Got it. Second line, build in a category called generosity. 
And so what we've learned to do and what we try to practice to do is set aside a little, little bit of money each month to be generous, right? And so those moments of, of learning about someone who's just had a child, somebody who's sick, something has happened, then we've set aside a little bit of money. And sometimes when I say a little bit of money, I'm talking like 25 bucks, right? But we just set aside a little bit of money each month to go, all right, when we hear a need, we built in this category called generosity that we can give a little bit of extra to. Right? And so here's one way we learned how to create margin right away within our budget that we were surprised about how we freed up some money each month. We sat down between Dave and me and Sandra and we're like, okay, who's watching what subscription services, right? I'm like, who's watching stuff on Netflix? Who's watching stuff on Hulu? Who's watching stuff on YouTube TV? Who's watching stuff on Disney Plus? Who's watching stuff on Apple TV? Who's watching stuff on Peacock? Because we're subscribed to six different subscription services, right? Some of you are looking at me funny. Some of you are in the same boat, right? Because you're like, ooh, I want to watch that show. And then you sign up for the free trial and you forget that you had the free trial, right? So I'm like, we have six different ways of watching TV. Who's watching what? And then we were like, oh, I'm not watching that. I'm not watching Netflix. I'm not watching Hulu. So we're able to like pull back four of those down to two. I'm like, well, that's like 50 bucks a month right there. And we just moved into generosity category. And so I want to encourage you on this because here's how fun it is to us. Like Sandra and I talked about this the other night because I said, I'm going to share this part uh, of, of this and I want to make sure it's okay if I share it. And she was like, yeah, share it. We get a lot of joy out of, uh, as a married couple, just sitting around talking about people that we can bless. Just saying, hey, who have you heard about? Or I'm hearing this. Are you hearing this? How can we help them? How can we help them? And then being able as a couple to think through how to bless people. Think through how to be obedient. Think through how to pray for them. And so I just want to encourage you in your marriage to start figuring out how to create that margin in your budget to be generous above and beyond your tithe. And then as a couple, think about those friends in your life group. Think about those ways you can bless people or bless church planners and go for it. There's so much joy to be found in being generous just as God is generous to us. And so this morning, I'm going to encourage you to start tithing. Second, create margin within your budget to be generous in your offering. But third, I want to call you this morning to give your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. God is a generous God. And God has generously given to you his son, Jesus, who came into this world, who died on a cross for your sin and my sin, who generously gives eternal life of blessing and salvation and forgiveness of sin for any of those who return back to God who have sinned against him. And that's the type of generous God that we have that he says, just model that heart after me. I'm a giving God and be a giving people because we can look upon the cross and say that God demonstrated his own love toward us and he gave his only begotten son that while we were still sinners, Christ died on a cross for us. You know, the Bible calls us just to pray in our own words, in our own way. And so maybe you've never really prayed or you say, I'm ready to place my faith in Christ, but I don't know what to say. Then I'm just going to pray a simple prayer that you can follow along with me right where you are. And it's God that knows your heart. And so you can simply just bow in prayer and say, dear God, today I'm ready to place my faith and trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Amen. You know, if you've prayed that prayer today, first and foremost, we are proud of you. 
We're excited that you're taking that step of faith and we'd love to connect with you, to follow up with you and, and just cheer you on in your journey now with Christ. And so you can connect with us by going to heightschurch.org connect. Click the decision tab. That's gonna bring up a form for you to fill out. That's gonna come right to me and we're gonna be in touch with you to see how we can come alongside of you and encourage you. If you're in our area, we'd love to connect with you in person on a Sunday morning. Our life groups are at 9 a.m. and our worship service starts at 10.30 a.m. So we hope to see you soon and we hope you have a great week. God bless.